Hi, friends. Welcome to Created to Connect, a podcast that focuses on understanding our need and desire for relationships and how to overcome the obstacles that prevent us from truly connecting with God and each other. Join me on this journey as I discuss how family upbringing, cultural shifts, and the modern church have impacted how we relate. By applying God's Word to our lives, we can begin to understand why He designed us to be in relationship with Him and with others. I'm Sam Landa. Welcome to Created to Connect. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Create to Connect podcast. This is episode three, and I have a very important topic to discuss with you guys today. Essentially, we'll be discussing the key role fathers have in teaching the children how to know and experience God. Specifically, we'll be addressing what our earthly fathers teach us about God, how God meets the needs that they cannot fulfill, and how to know and experience God as our Father. But first, just a couple of quick notes before we begin. And one of them really just has to do with what your thoughts were on the first two episodes. You know, one of the things that <clears throat> that's always hard to do is when you have to get feedback from your audience or from your listeners because you never know what, what people are going to say. And one of the things that I've had to learn throughout the years is that when people give you honest feedback, you take it, you make adjustments, take out the bad keep the good, and then move forward, right? So one of the things that I noticed in the first episode is that I sounded like I was whispering. And part there's a reason for that. I was usually, re- I was recording late at night. So I was trying not to wake up my family. So that's probably why, if you did notice it, that's why. So that's the background story behind that. So um, my goal is to do the other ones, like now, during the day, where I can speak normally and just record that way. Uh, I also shared how I related to Tim Allen. And if you've seen the show Home Improvement. I enjoy trying to fix things. And I do feel a great sense of pride. When I am successful at doing so. So that's the way in which I, I relate most to to him. Uh, and then lastly just a marriage anniversary update. You know we had a great weekend. Um, a lot of learning that's happened in the last four years. And, you know, my wife and I will have a podcast where we're going to share about what our first year was like. But as we were discussing, it's crazy to think how much we've learned in these last four years. But that first year was definitely a a rough one. And I think most people or many people experienced that in that first year, just the adjustment phase. But how good it is to work through things and to continue to have a learning attitude in order to grow as uh, believers and as a marriage. So those are just some of the things that we uh, were talking about over that weekend. And we hope to share with you guys a couple of things in a future podcast. So stay tuned for that. And as always, please remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes just by simply clicking on the stars. I, I'd greatly appreciate that. As you know, that helps the podcast move forward and and get higher rankings as we continue to grow this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump into the topic. One of the most common issues that I've seen many Christians deal with is learning how to see God as a father. And then asking myself, why is it so difficult to see God as a father? So if God tells us who he is in the scriptures, where does our misunderstanding or misconstrued view of him come from. And what I found is that many times the most significant factor that plays a role in that is 
based off how our earthly fathers impacted us growing up. So with that, and I want you guys to start thinking about what your relationship with your father was like growing up, right? What kind of lessons did you learn from your father? What what impact did they have on you, whether it be positive or negative? Just start thinking about that because some of those things you'll be able to closely associate to God's character and others are going to be completely off. And it's important that by the time we get to the end of this episode, you'll hopefully have some tools that will help you get a clear understanding as to who God is and what his role is in your life as your father. God gives us physical representations of his love and of his attributes through people. And we are that for our children. And I think about that a lot as I think about my two boys. Because I know that everything that I do, how I treat them, how I love them, how I encourage them, how I do all of these things for them is going to be a reflection of how they're going to see God. Right? And and there's going to be a lot of characteristics where I'm going to fall short. And I want them to understand that even though I'm fallen and that... I may not have been able to meet all of their needs that God can meet their needs. And I want to make them very aware of that because the reality is that I can only fulfill a certain amount of my children's needs, right? As well as my wife. But because this topic is focused mainly on fathers, I want to kind of stay on that, on that track. And, There are a couple of things that I want my children to know about God. And in order for them to know these things about God, they need to see me act on them. So lesson number one that I hope that they're able to learn is that I love them unconditionally. So if I can love my children unconditionally, meaning no matter what they do, that they know that their dad is going to love them, they can easily transfer that understanding over to their relationship with God as they get older. Okay, that's one thing. And I'm going to explain this a little bit more as we move forward. But the second thing that I want to do is I want to be a guide for them, right? I want to act as a guide for them, that if they need help with anything, if they have have questions and need some advice on decisions, even the smallest decisions, I want to act as a guide. I don't want to make the decision for them. I want to act as a guide. Okay, now I'm not talking about them being three, five, seven years old and me not telling them, you know, what to do. They're, they're kids, right? But as they get older, especially once they start hitting the teenage years, you know, if you've established, my belief is that if you've established a solid relationship with them leading up to the teenage years, then you can definitely be more of a guide during their teenage years and and help them make good decisions by sometimes you have to let them make decisions on their own. Other times you may have to be more directive in that. And sometimes you're going to have to be restrictive and so on. And one of the things that I've realized about my relationship with God is that many times throughout my life, I've known what God has wanted me to do and I've chosen to do the opposite. And obviously I reap the consequences of that. But I think part of parenting is that, is that you can guide your children and you can teach them what's right and let them know what they need to do. But at the end of the day, they're going to be making decisions. You know, it's part of their free will. The reality is that that's what happens. It's almost like grabbing a bar of soap, right? You have to hold it 
gently enough where it doesn't slip from your hands. If you squeeze too hard, it jumps right out of your hands. And if you hold it too lightly, it can easily slip out of your hands as you move around. Right? So it has to be a firm grip, but not strong where you make you squeeze them out of your out of the palm of your hand. Right? So I want to act as a guide for them. And then lastly, I, I want to encourage them. In anything that they do, I want to be a supporter and an encourager. You know, they're going to have skills and abilities that I don't have. And they're going to love things that I may not love. And even within that, I want to encourage them. right? And I know that some of those things may be hard for me because they may not be something that I'm interested in. But I want to be an encourager. And I think... In many ways, these three things God does for us. He loves us unconditionally. He acts as a guide for us. He is a guide for us through his word. And he encourages us in our walk with him. So there is a lot of lessons that can be learned from how a father behaves with his children and how he treats his children. There's some research that talks about two theories that I love and I use in a lot of my discussions with people. um, Especially when we're talking about the father-child relationship but there's one that's called the correspondence theory or model and basically what this theory says is that whatever you experience as a child the relationship that you had with your uh, attachment figure in this case we're going to refer to the father is going to be reflective of your relationship with God as you get older so meaning that if you have a father who was loving who was caring who was involved who spoke truth to you and so on. If they did that when you were younger, then it's an easy transition or easier transition to make when you understand those attributes of God later on in your life. That he's involved, that he's caring, that he's unconditionally, that he unconditionally loves you. So that's the correspondence theory. That means that the connection is the way that you related to your parents or to your primary caregiver, to your attachment figure, is the same way that you'll eventually relate to God. And then the other one is called the compensation theory. And this one does the opposite, meaning that whatever you didn't receive from your father, you do receive it in your relationship with God. Right? So, and this can be for good and bad, meaning that if I was able to give my my sons truth, if I spoke truth to them all of the time, meaning that I corrected them, I told them how that what they needed to do, how they needed to fix things. They may be able to make that easy connection with God, where they read God's word and they see, okay, here's here's what I need to do. Here's a correction. Here's discipline, and so on. But maybe they didn't experience grace as much as I would like to have given them, right? And because they didn't experience experience the grace with me, as they read God's word and as they get older, they may experience grace with God in their relationship when they are older. Meaning that God is compensating for that area of their lives that I wasn't able to meet or fulfill. Right? So that is the compensation theory in a nutshell. So one focuses on the correspondence theory, focuses on making that easy transition from my relationship with my parents to my relationship with God. And it makes sense, meaning that whatever I saw with my parents, I see the same things with God and it's easy. And the compensation theory says... I didn't receive this with my parents, but I did receive it with God. So very, very interesting um, research there. In fact, another another thing to kind of note here is 
Um, some respondents reported coming from homes that were emotionally cold or unspiritual exhibited higher levels of avoidance and intimacy within their relationship to God. If you grew up in a home that was emotionally cold or unspiritual, it's likely that you're experiencing levels of avoidance of intimacy in your relationship with God. You don't feel close to God. So this is from emotionally cold or unspiritual homes. On the other hand, though, if you grew up in a home where your parents were overprotective, rigid, authoritarian, that actually shows that you have higher levels of both avoidance and anxiety. The avoidance having to do with the intimacy. So anytime you get close to God or close to people, um, you you can't get to the intimate part of the relationship where you share your heart and you share your struggles and you share other things that you may not share with other people. And the other part is the anxiety where you ask yourself, does God love me? Do people love me? Am I lovable? Essentially is the question that you're asking. And having that question in your mind creates a lot of anxiety. So a lot of the research that I read is really has to do with these two two concepts and with attachment theory. At the end of the day, what we need to figure out is, well, what is what does God's word say and what is the truth of who he is? You could have had the best father in the world and yet he would still not be able to fulfill all of the needs that you had. Why? Because he's not there 100% of the time. You know, that time that you had that breakup and you were in your room crying or sad, depressed about that relationship. Um, This is crazy. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it's thundering outside. But anyways, um, that during those times, God was there. He was there. And your dad wasn't. Now, it's not because he didn't want to be there, but he just wasn't able to, right? So th- those moments where you may have needed him to listen to you or you wanted him to listen to you and he just couldn't for X reason, God was there and he was listening. So what about the other side? What if you had a, a, a father who wasn't involved? For that parent, then you might see God as you read his word and say, wow, this is this is amazing. I've never experienced this before. I've never known what the love of a father is until I understood how much God loves me. And, and God does this through various ways. I mean, he can use other father figures in your life to express that love. Uh, he uses his word, obviously. He uses prayer. All of these avenues are ways in which God can express himself uh, to us and demonstrate his love for us. In order to grow in your walk with Christ, we need to do three things. We need to know God's word. We need to be in communion with God. And then we need to obey God's word. Okay, so those three things, if you do those three things, you will see growth in your life. Now, we're going to jump into how do we, how do I have a clear view of who God is as my father's him? Like, how do I do this? And I, I, I really reflected a lot on the scriptures and trying to see what is it that makes us understand God better 
and specifically as a father. So in order to know who God is, so this is referred to as the God concept, right? That we know knowledge-wise who God is. We need to saturate our minds with the truth of God's word, right? The Bible talks about being renewed in the spirit of our minds through his word. And we need to do that to have a better understanding of who God is. So if God says that he loves you, a common lie that you'll need to battle against is a message that he doesn't love you because maybe your father didn't love you growing up, right? So you're going to have that battle between God's word and your experience and the message that came from that experience in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart. There's going to be a battle. But the more you saturate your mind with the truth of God's word, the more you'll be able to overcome those those thoughts, okay, and, and the feelings that come with those thoughts. So if God says that he's loving, but your dad wasn't loving, then we need to continue to saturate our minds with the truth that God is loving. Number two, spend time meditating on those truths in order to confirm the reality of them. As you meditate on those words, on God's word, you begin to understand it in a different way. It takes time. You know, for some, again, if you had a childhood that was horrible, dramatic, um, it's going to be tough, right? It's not impossible, though. And for some, it happens a lot faster. For others, it takes a long time for, for the healing to come. But the key in all of this is faithfulness and persistence. Faithfulness and persistence. Okay. Uh, the last point here, uh, number three, memorize his word so you can remind yourself of truth when it's needed. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 11, it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we need to memorize God's word. So we need to saturate our minds with God's word. We need to meditate on those truths. And we need to memorize his word so that we can develop a healthy, good image of who God is. So God knows what we need. He is a good father. Right? There's even a song about this, right? God is a good father. And we need to continually repeat that message in our minds so that it can take place in our hearts and in our souls. This was how to know God, this section here. And now we move into how to experience God. Right? Because I can know that God is good. But my experience of God may be negative because of my upbringing, right? So I can know the truth that God is good. But if my experience with my father was that he was distant and uninvolved, then my experience with God may be that, I'm, that he's distant and uninvolved in my own life. So how can I experience God differently? Number one, spend time in prayer to connect with God. I mean, the entire Psalms basically talks about this relationship, the, the the practice of being in communion with God. Uh, number two, spend time in fellowship. I'm huge on fellowship and community. And here's why. Because there's nothing more encouraging than to hear your brothers and sisters speak truth into your life when you need it. right? Because sometimes we, we try to lie to ourselves, I think. Um, especially when we're going through something. And... It's not just the speaking truth aspect of community, but also the comfort that they bring. When you're going through something difficult and you have people to share it with, that that is a big deal. And that is what God gives us. He gives us community. 
And he encouraged, I mean, the whole New Testament, I mentioned this last week, the whole New Testament is filled with passages on community and how we need to stick together and how we have one mission together and how we each bless each other's lives with our different talents and abilities that God's given us. But probably the most important thing about fellowship is what Second Corinthians 1, 3-4 shares. It says, Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That has been one of the key verses that I've been working on this past year, is that all the suffering that we may experience, we, in those times, also experience God's comfort. At least I have. Whenever I'm going through a, a difficult time, I experience God's comfort during that time. And then all of a sudden, there's an opportunity that ha that opens up where someone has experienced the same thing that I did. And I'm able to share a sense of comfort with them because God's walked me through that in my own life. right? And that's the whole purpose of affliction, of suffering, that God is present during that suffering and he provides us with comfort. And because we know what it feels like, we're able to give that to others as well. So spend time in fellowship. And then lastly, serve others. Don't expect for them to give you anything in return because usually what happens is that you end up disappointed, bitter, angry, because you're expecting something in return. And when you do that, you don't allow yourself it doesn't allow you to grow so serve others and the other thing about serving others is that it allows for the spirit to work in and through you when you serve people you're putting yourself aside to meet the needs of someone else so the spirit has to work in and through you and your talents and abilities shine the most when you serve because it's an extension of God working through you to meet the needs of people God wants us to serve others because he wants to meet their needs And he does that through us. So as you serve others, think about that. Think about how God is using you in their lives. How you are an extension of God to meet the needs of people. So both the knowing God and the experiencing God are going to be the things that you uh, need to do in order to see God as a father in your own life. Again, our fathers may have been... Uh, imperfect people, but they are able to teach us something about God. Either our fathers modeled for us what it is to be a good father, and therefore we're able to make a clear connection between all the good things about God's character uh, with our experience as children, or the opposite, where we had terrible childhoods, and when we got older, we begin to understand how God is able to meet all those needs that we were lacking when we were younger. And that's always a good place to be when you're able to see how God works in your life through that suffering. So that's all I have for today, guys. Remember to subscribe and leave a review. I cannot do this without your guys' help and support. And I just want to thank you guys again for tuning in. I have enjoyed doing this podcast and I just hope that it's a blessing. Thank you guys. I'll see you next week.